uh, Skullboys. The Street Press Podcast with Sean Fraser. For a start, there are not enough white men doing podcasts. I've got to always support that when that comes along. I was talking to a mate today at a baby queue. We didn't cook a baby. Oh, but thank you. Yeah, that yeah. was. I just want to thank you. I'm yeah, no, it was meat. He wouldn't shake our hand until he finished putting it on his glove. <laughs> Imagine what he's like during the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got you here for the podcast after your big night last oh. night, so I'm stoked with that. I get a thrill knowing that you're doing what you're doing. That's good. Well, I don't know what I'm doing today. We're just sort of just winging it. Did you moon Kylie Minogue? Yeah. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Street Press Podcast. My name is Sean Fraser. I hope you're doing all right out there. Uh, another week, another Wednesday rolls around, which means another episode where we get someone else on to chat about the music industry. Hopefully you've been uh, listening to a lot of new music. There's plenty around at the moment. Four Out Boys' new album dropped the other week. Uh, City in Colour, uh, Dallas Green's new album, which I've been listening to a fair bit on repeat, actually. Both great albums. Go check them out if you haven't already. I'm on holidays at the moment, which is great. Just get to chill this week. My partner and I were both supposed to be off this week, but just so happened to be that she had to go back into work. And uh, here I am on my lonesome at home all week. <laughs> but I'm not complaining. I've been cutting up some music. I've been uh, recording some songs, um, all the fun stuff. This week on the show, we got Josh Stewart. He is the singer, founder of the Sunshine Coast band High Tropics. We have a great chat about a few things, some serious, some not so. Uh, we chat about ADD. Uh, we talk about TV sync deals and why <laughs> why High Tropics are quite popular on uh, the TV show MTV Teen Mums. We talk about some of the backlash they've copped for sounding a little too much like their favourite band. Also, a pretty funny story in this interview where Josh explains one time where he was going to an old flame's house and her dad asked him what he did for work. And uh, sometimes if it's your only career, you cop a bit of uh, flack for, from people. They sort of don't really see it as a, as a career option. But uh, a really coincidental cool thing happened at the point at the time his old partner's dad was asking him what he did for work and it really worked in his favour. And we also talk about a drink that the band sort of has before they go on stage. Never thought of mixing these two types of drinks together. It's a soft drink and it's a spirit. But I'm very intrigued to see how it tastes, but I have told him that uh, I'll have to hold off until I catch High Tropics when they're playing closer to Sydney. Let's get him on. Josh Stewart, singer of High Tropics. Here's my interview with him. Yo, hey Sean, how you going, man? Good, Josh, how are you? Yeah, doing good, thanks. Good to get you on here. How's your day been? You going all right? Pretty good, pretty good. It didn't start uh, too too long ago, so um, it's uh, it's all good so far. I'm, yeah. I, I was up late last night, a bit of a, a night owl. I come alive. I come <laughs> alive at the, at the night. Most of you rock stars are the same. Stay up all night, sleep in all day. Is that sort of how you are? Well, I just like, um, I don't know what it is, man. I just like, I've always kind of been, um, I've got eight, like ADD really badly. Um, and I think, I don't know what it is, but I always seem to be more, um, like my mind usually starts like midday. I kind of start feeling like, um, more able to do tasks. If that makes any sense in the morning, yeah. I'm a bit of a, my, my brain still recalibrates and stuff. I don't know what it is. I've noticed well, a lot of people I know that have ADD and they're musicians they have a love-hate relationship, I suppose, with it because sometimes they feel like they get a lot done, you know? Like, 
hundred percent, dude. Like I have days where, where I, where I'll literally just like do nothing. And then there'll be days where I'll tick off like shit. That's just been lingering for two weeks. I'll just get it done in like one day. It's it's bizarre. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm applying for a research master's at the moment. And, um, I must've done like, when I, when I finally got around to like doing work in it, I, I must've done like, I wouldn't say a quarter of it, but like so much of it in one day. And I was just like, dude, why can't you just do a little, little each day? Be, your life be so much easier, but it's just how, how my, uh, my brain works, I guess. I'm, I'm still learning about it. I, I was only diagnosed, uh, like quite recently. So, uh, I've been put on the, um, like the old, the, the Dexies, like the first they started me on Ritalin. And man, it makes like a huge difference. At first, I thought it was going to make me like, you know, super speedy and whatnot. But with the, if you've got like ADD, it's completely different. Like my brain kind of slows down a little, not slows down, but helps me calm down and focus a bit more. Oh, well, look, um, it has been recording. I can cut that bit out if you want, but usually no, I just no, get going. <laughs> okay, no, cool. That's, that's cool. I don't think I've said anything else. Unless I say anything self incriminating. that's good i always like especially when uh guests like to go go deep and and open up and and i'm glad that you're sharing things like that because uh there's a lot of people that um you know that have add and um everyone deals with it in their own ways but you've got this music how do i say it are you in a band is it a project is it a you know (laughs) it's it's both yeah it's 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 both so it gets confusing um i've tried when i started it i really i really wanted to just out of ease keep the two things separate like the songwriting and the recording from the live band and that's just been from like i've been playing in bands for the last decade and um it was more for a like when i started this it was for myself kind of i was in another band and just as we were starting to kind of see success uh, the wheels were kind of falling off within the, you know, within the, the structure of the band, I should say. I felt like um, a deep sense of kind of like anxiety about like having your future kind of in other people's hands, if that makes any sense. Yep. When, I, when I started this, it was kind of to try and it was like no matter what happens, you know, if people come and go in the band, like the project can still continue, if that makes any sense. Yeah, that's right. You've got the creative control totally you just nailed it and that's the whole reason and it finally got like a really strong um like live band put together and we are starting to um because like generally when i write now i'll write as a demo like that's that's another reason why i'm more inclined to like to having things separate is because if i can write a song without having to like go outside or talk to people like it's just so much easier but like um now we, we we do have like the other boys are starting to you know bring in riffs and stuff like that and Slowly but surely, we're getting like um, more material that's more collaborative. I've, all, I've I've never been against that. It's just um, it's a lot easier when if you don't have to argue over stuff. And I also find like when we used to write in my previous band, we would write in in the rehearsal rooms, and then you know I didn't really know how to record back then, so we would we would go to a studio. It was eight hundred dollars a day, and like then you paying mm-hmm. for the producer. And you're wondering why it doesn't sound like it sounds in your head. And it's because, like, it's just two totally different things. You know, something could sound great live and it doesn't necessarily translate when recorded. I was going to say to answer your question, it's, it's both. It's, uh, it's a band. It's a project. It's, um, <laughs> it's always evolving. You were saying how you didn't know how to record, but now we're at a point where you're basically recording it yourself, aren't you? You're just getting it mixed and mastered. Is, is that where we're at? Uh, so it depends on the song. Like, um, I guess I got to thank COVID to this. But when I used to do stuff, like I can't record drums here. So there's a website could sound better. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. So it's it's awesome. It's just like you puts you in touch with session musicians over the over the internet, basically. And what I usually do, so for girlfriends, for example, I demo that here, 
And then because I, I like if if I feel that there's like um some legs to the song, then I'll get overdubs done. If I feel like dubs or mixing isn't going to get the song any better, then I'll just usually put the demo out. Um, for girlfriends, there's a few players on there. There's a, a drummer in in LA, Dylan Wasing. I'll give him a shout out. He um he's like played for Drake, Alicia Keys, like Eminem, oh, like cool. just an absolute beast. If I was going to do over overdubs here, I'd have to hire out a studio, which is going to be about like six hundred, eight hundred bucks a day, and then pay for a session drummer and whatnot. It's just so much more affordable. And I really started doing that uh, mainly in like COVID because it was just like you know you couldn't really you can really do stuff. Um, and then now it's just become part of my workflow where there's a few dudes that I've worked with, you know, uh, on a bunch of songs now. And the beauty of working with them is that, um, like if I'm working on, I can start working on other songs while I send off the demo to them. Right. And then as a producer, it gives me a complete, like, like just fresh ears when you're listening to like, um, you know, if you're hearing like a live drum take and you've been listening to like sample drums, it just makes a huge difference. To answer the the question, it, it largely depends on the song. For girlfriends, there's a few players on it. You've got a wealth of experience in the band, it seems. I've been well. I studied audio engineering uh, before yeah. I could even play music. I studied audio engineering, and I used to think that you know, like, oh, it was whoever mixed the song made the song good. Or like, they used to think mm-hmm. there's little things like that. But ultimately, it all it all plays a part. Like, if you if you if you're good at songwriting, your production will get better. And if you're good at if you if your production's good. Like there's little tricks you can do in the songwriting, if that makes sense. Um, but I've been doing it for for a long time now. So I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm 34, so I'm still chasing this rock dream. But I'm fine, you know. Even though I feel uh, like I'm 10 years older than like most of the other bands kicking around, um, I feel like I'm like I'm just starting to get uh, good at at what I'm doing, if that makes any sense. Yeah, well, you're, I'm a couple of months behind you, um, <laughs> and I'm still living the dream too. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Never too old, dude. Never too uh, old. Like that's right. Like, I'll uh, do it. Do it till the day I die. A hundred percent, man. A hundred. Uh, you just nailed it. And I'm this, I'm of the same like ethos. I'll be I'll be doing this like um even if I was wor- like working a nine to five in, in another career, I'd still be doing this, yeah. right? Like um. Yeah. Not, not, that, not that I should say that I consider high tropics a career. Like I'd love it to be a career. It, it is just like, a, I was obviously more than a hobby. You know, it's kind of just how, um, like I've been living with Crohn's disease for the last, since 2012. So um, my health has been quite up and down and like music for me, it really became kind of my laugh raft after I, I got sick. Like it was like something like, okay, well, if I'm not going to have a normal life, like um, music kind of takes that, and you turn to negative into a positive, if that, if that makes sense. It's like an escape, I suppose. A hundred percent. It's an escape. And like, um, it just gives me some purpose, dude. Like, um, I really do believe like if I didn't have it, not that my mental health is the greatest, but like, it's just like a reason to keep on, you know, exactly what it's like when you have someone you yeah. love, um, even on your darkest days, dude, you still got that. And it just like, it's just always a light, right? I have such a nice attachment with music. I've always thought, you know, we've all had terrible things happen to us throughout our lives and whatnot, but I've always had a guitar in the corner of the room in in some of my darkest days, you know, you know, whether it's someone leaving me or someone leaving this world, I've been able to spin around and there's been a guitar in the room. And whenever I look at a guitar, I have that, um, yeah, really nice feeling. It's almost like having a beautiful friend or your mother with you all the time. It's like uh, that's how I look at a guitar, dude. That's how I feel about music. And like I, I've 
I mean, I, I'll, maybe I sound like a bit of a psychopath saying that, but I've, I even said to the boys, like, you know, previous members, like, um, yeah, as much as I love them all, I need them to know that, like, I love music more. <laughs> and, like, if it, if it comes down to it, like, then that sounds like, you know, maybe it sounds like, um, you know, like bad to say, but, like, um, the, the same thing with the guitar. Dude, the music's the one thing that's never going to abandon you, right? Like, only you can abandon it. Like, it, do you know what I mean? But it will always be there for you if you, if you're like, if you don't close your heart off to it. I can't believe some people when they get into music and they might play an instrument for a couple of years and then all of a sudden they just don't listen or play music again. I find that just so strange because I feel like once I was in, I'm stuck doing this thing for forever. I think, I think it is a lot of, like, I, I remember reading an interview uh, from Dave from um, uh, Gang of Views and he was saying, um, I might have changed now, but he was saying he doesn't listen to, when he's writing, he, he tries not to listen to much other music just because mm-hmm. he doesn't want, like he doesn't want to get in that headspace of like comparing and stuff. Like, I, like I totally relate to that dude because it can make you second guess stuff. If you hear like mm-hmm. you hear like an absolute banger of a song and you find out it's from like a nineteen year old kid and you just go, "What the <laughs> fuck am I doing with my life?" <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like maybe it is time to do something else. But comparison is the the thief of joy, they say. So just I just try and like make stuff for myself and then obviously if anyone else likes it it's a huge it's a huge bonus and people are liking it you've got five million streams you've had some radio play even in the u.s you've got even sync deals going with um netflix and whatnot things are really looking good thank you yeah yeah it's been i mean all that stuff's kind of been spread out it's taken a good few a few there's so much smoke and mirrors in the industry you know like Mm. people think oh you've got this many streams whatever and they don't realize like if you break down how many years it's taken to get them yeah and and at a dollar cost average you're like okay (laughs) oh shit okay maybe yeah but um no i appreciate it with the sync deals with like netflix and whatnot what can you open up a little bit about that so so what happened there how did that how did that happen Oh, so I've got a sync rep uh, called Brian, um, and he's um, in the US, and he um, has a really good relationship with like MTV, uh, well, one of the music supervisors at MTV in the US, and I think we might have more syncs with uh, teenage teen teen moms, MTV teen moms, oh, yeah. than any other than any other band. So that <laughs> so so that audience um so that audience really really likes it. Um, they don't look any any money's great. They don't pay very well. Uh, the, the Ford sync was with my previous band. Um, and that was probably one of the greatest moments like, uh, of our lives. Um, still very surreal. And that was from a lovely lady, Australian lady, Jen Taunton. Um, and that was back in like, um, man, it would have been like 2013. I think it was. And we didn't even realize at the time, like w- what it was, cause it was our first ever sync. And when w- we saw the fee, which I can't, I can't say, like say on, on here. Um, but we Millions. were so confused. <laughs> no, I wish, I wish. Um, but we, we were like, oh, we have to pay this to get our like our song. Like we thought we had maybe had to pay that. And we didn't know how it worked. Did we were so young? Yeah. Um, you know that was probably uh, the carrot that was dangled in front of me that kept me in music. Like, Because right. before that, my parents were like very much like you needed you need to find something that you're going to do. Like I think I was studying psychology at the time. Like, um, and I was like. And when that happened, they were like, oh, you can like, you can actually have a career in this, you know? Um, and I still remember like one of the coolest things ever. I was, I was, I was, um, seeing a, a lady friend at the time and, um, was having dinner at her parents' house. And it was at the, it was the awkward, um, convo of what the parent, the parents like ask you what you do. Yeah. Um, 
And it was during, um, I think it was like, it was NRL grand final. I can't remember who was playing. Um, but just as he said that, the song came on TV, like the oh. ad came on TV. And it was just perfect, man. It was like, yes, that got me out of, that got me out of a very awkward conversation. Um, Incredible. But it, six months later, it dried up and um, I'm still waiting for, I'm still waiting for the next moment now. Hey, I, some I people out there. Some people don't even get the chance to exactly do exactly <laughs> even get on a com- even get on a community radio station, let alone an NRL uh, sync. So that's exactly. pretty good. Hey, I want to get to the new single in a tick, but um, can you talk me through NFTs? Yeah, totally. So think of it as like think of it as like digital vinyl. Like that's what I try. It's 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 more than that, but think of it as like a digital collectible. So I sold twenty five of these NFTs. There's only ever going to be twenty five of those of, of that song, if that makes sense. Um, and I ended up selling all 25 of them out like the day before the song came out to Spotify, um, and made like about the equivalent of about like, I think at the time it was like 700 or 800,000 streams, just, just up those 25 NFTs. The beauty of it is like, you've got digital scarcity. So like, just think of your favorite band and you've got like one of 50, right? Once they're sold out, the only way people can buy them is on the secondary market. So you can essentially sell yours for like double what you bought it for. It's a new. It's like a way to like financially incentivize your collectors or your fans, which would, that paradigm hasn't really been. Yeah, and you've done well with them as well. You're uh, what is it? One of the uh, most collected bands in Australia, or the most collected. To be to be fair, I, I think there's probably about like three or four people in in the same genre in Australia. So <laughs> you not, got them beat. It, Good. <laughs> it's, it's not a. It's, it's not a very deep. Uh, it's not a very a deep um, pool. You seem like the type of person that's like in it for the grind. Like, you, you know, yeah. a lot of the things you do probably at the moment, you're not just going to give up easily. So I suppose the NFTs is a, is a good one for you. We'll move on to girlfriends. It's about love or losing love. Um, I believe you're, you know, you're with someone for six years. Is, is that the story? Yeah, this was like, you know, it's, this was more of a, like a, it was a breakup song, but it's like the, 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 the I'd say like the, when the sun starts to shine again, if that makes sense. It's not oh, like, nice. not like a negative. It's like when you finally kind of look at, and I don't have a bad uh, relationship or, or view with any of my like ex-girlfriends. Like I still like love them more dearly and like, you know, just want them to be happy and stuff. So like very much of the mindset, like um, I'm happy that for, for the six years that I had, but yeah, this song was like, I guess the healing, the healing part of it. Like, and I guess like that's in the, in the music, you can tell the music's kind of happy. And yeah, like when I'm writing, I never really write, I write the lyrics. Usually it will start with like me mumbling a melody and then I'll try and put like a story together. But like most of the time I'm just trying to move at the speed of like inspiration because if I don't finish stuff within like a week or two weeks, then it gets very hard for me to finish the song. But yeah, it's a, I would say it's like a down and out love song, but like um, down and out in the way that like, there's something um, liberating when you when you when you feel like you just got like nothing to lose anymore. If that makes sense, it's like some yeah. sort of like weight is lifted finally after Hugely. after Hugely. after a while, and um and obviously it's a negative experience going through that whole breakup scenario. But uh, like you said, the sun rising and just uh, having that moment of clarity where you're like, okay, it's well, time. You actually just nailed it for me because I struggle to talk about like uh, what songs are about so much. Like, cause, just because it's like I don't have that bird's eye view, but to say the weight has been lifted is like a great, you just actually kind of like, um, yeah, like I think that is a lot of what the song's about. And, and that's the feeling I had, especially with when you got like a chronic illness, sometimes it can be very hard to be in a relationship because like when you're feeling sick, you know, it's hard to be there for the person. 
and you, and like you want to do more and be more social and outgoing with your friends like but like it's sometimes like it's can it can be like really difficult when you are feeling sick to do stuff and yeah like you said be positive but um it was a bittersweet thing because it was like i didn't have to worry about like if i'm going to be sick or not anymore for you know for social events. it's just like dude you've only got yourself you don't you know what i mean what it was like a weight was lifted a little bit but yeah that song i finally uh got to the level of getting some haters which i take as a huge compliment because you know <laughs> um and it's all from people that um they're very offended that i have the audacity to sound like the strokes you know and it's like i'm sorry my fa- my, my favorite band of the last two mm-hmm. decades might have influenced my writing style a little bit isn't it funny that like your friends were like oh yeah he's cool he's just doing his thing he's doing his thing and then you do something that I don't know, that just piques their interest and they have to immediately go, oh, that sounds like the Strokes, you know, like just because it sounds good. It's hilarious. Well, well, A, like I got, I got to, I got to say like when I, whenever I write a song, I, I, I always go whatever serves the song. And if you listen to Girlfriends, you can't tell me you imagine it with a clean vocal and like clean yeah. guitars. Do you know what I mean? Like you do what serves the song. I'm gonna, unfortunately like, um, like dude, I've been, the Strokes is one of my all time favorite bands. So like, when I have electric guitar, like I like it to sound, that's the tone that I, that's like my reference tone. Right. Um, and the same with vocals a lot. Like I've got songs that sound nothing like the strokes, but, um, for that song, it was like, I mean, I would have loved to make up the story. Like I wrote it, uh, want, wanting them to cut it and they just didn't answer their, their emails. That would have been a way better story to go with, but no, I love it, man. Like I welcome the haters because it's the means you get into that point like it's just more engagement it's just the, the more they talk about you yeah, the more they're feeding the algorithm and i oh, just hear ching sure. i just yeah. hear you know what i mean like yeah look everyone will have their opinions but i always find when the negative opinions start to come i feel like i, I must be doing better <laughs> you know what i mean so 100 <laughs> percent. If, if they've if they've made if, if it's obviously something in them like you know the music has evoked a response in them which is like that's all you want you either want to be you, you want to be polarizing. You want to be either loved or hated. You don't want to be people being indifferent. Like, eh, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, yeah. So I, I welcome it. Yeah. So now my favorite thing is whenever, whenever um someone goes, oh, this sounds like the Strokes. I just go, I've, I've never heard of this band you guys keep talking about. Like, <laughs> who, who, are, who are the Strokes? Like, never <laughs> listened to them before. Well, you know what would be another good scenario is if um if the Strokes took you on tour, that'd be great. <laughs> Support Man, band. Let's manifest that. Hey, that's what um, that's what I've said to the boys. Like, hopefully, if we get enough um people telling the strokes, we rip them off. Um, you can go on tour with the strokes one day, and then you you can call your mates and say, uh, oh, oh, this band that we're supporting, they said they sound heaps like us. <laughs> oh, dude, it'll be so funny. That man, I, I um, I I pray that happens. That would be that would be epic. That'll be uh, my, my dream. My dream support to be the strokes or the killers. Or if Oasis ever get back together, three epic bands. If you ever down Sydney way, you got to give me a yell. We, we will be, we will be down Sydney way. Hopefully at some point anyway. So I'll definitely give you a yell, bro. Put you in the door. You can come sink some beers or, uh, or tequilas <laughs> yes. with us. Actually, that that reminds me. On Saturday night, I was just sitting at home, relaxing cutting up a little bit of video and then my partner said, "Oh, I've just been at the wineries all day with my friends. We're coming back to." To home so she said oh can you just have some beers to catch up to us and then as soon as they got in the door the tequila came out <laughs> and my, yeah. my my night went from from doing nothing to uh getting absolutely shit faced with beer and tequila so i can do that with you guys dude tequila and um there's like those kirk's passion fruit drinks i don't know if you ever oh, yeah, had yeah. Them. Like, yeah passiona Man, tequila, oh, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. And and pour, pour that in like a little tequila, like tequila oh. shot and that, some ice. That's um so my uh, rhythm guitarist Cody B, that's his special. Mm-hmm. Um he's converted me that's my my new favorite drink. Tastes delicious, dude. Fucking delicious. You don't even you don't even you don't even taste the tequila. And a few of those, and before <laughs> you know it, you're 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 incriminating incriminating yourself in um things you might have done 10 years ago you know, like <laughs> funny stories like, i shouldn't have shouldn't have said that <laughs> like, uh, oh, i'm gonna have to yeah, try that a good time. just just make sure you get the ice so they're nice and cold um but yeah dude fucking delicious that's my, my new favorite drink it used to be vodka soda now it's the tequila okay josh thanks so much for jumping on the podcast we're gonna have a passiona and a uh, tequila when you get to sydney uh, i'm gonna actually i'm gonna hold out until you get here and uh and i'll try Wait it with us. you yeah, yeah, Wait yeah. You got to see my lo- my face live and whether I like it. So I don't want to. Oh pretend. man, I, you'll be loving it, dude. You'll be the, the, <laughs> it'll be happy happy sweat. You know, like it's <laughs> like yeah. Yeah, there he is, Josh Stewart from High Tropics. Check out the band. Uh, pretty cool. Sound a lot like the Strokes. Um, <laughs> as Josh mentioned there. And I'll, I really got to try that drink. Passiona and tequila. What are your thoughts? What do you reckon? You reckon it'd be any good? Well, we got Easter coming up this weekend, so maybe you can try it around your family and friends and uh, and get back to me and, uh, and let me know if it, it puts you on the floor. All right, it's time for this. Yeah, this is the part of the show where you can ride on in, hit up the streetpresspodcast.com forward slash letters. This is the letters segment. And, uh, you know, you write it, I'll read it. This is a message from Josh, not the same Josh from last week who wrote into letters. This is another one. He says, bro, Frank Turner, I'm fucking obsessed with him. Seen him live. He opened for the Dropkick Murphys 10 years ago in Newcastle. I've been listening to him almost every day since. So he's obviously referencing the Frank Turner episode, which was a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, and yeah, Frank Turner is the man. When it comes to acoustic and punk, first guy that I think of is Frank Turner. You know, Joey Cape's up there as well. But uh, Frank Turner, lovely guy. If you haven't heard that episode, go back and have a listen. At the top of this episode, I was talking about uh, writing music, recording music, um, cutting music, whatever. I have been spending much of this week doing that because the Ritzy Kids, uh, which is the band I sing in, uh, we are preparing to drop an EP. It's still a little while away, but hopefully by the end of this week, by the time you're hearing me on the next episode, got some good news in the way of maybe sending it off for mixing and mastering. So it's pretty exciting times. Also, I want to make mention to a good friend of mine, Tim Travers. He is a designer uh, on the Central Coast. And if you have been paying attention to the Ritzy Kids Band, he basically does all of the artwork. Um, He's done a great job on our logo. He's done a great job on a bunch of T-shirts that we've put out. And he is available for any sort of design. Uh, Funny story, actually. He, um, He designed the shark for the Ritzy Kids, put it on a on a t-shirt kind of thing, put it up on his Instagram page. And the Reptile Park, which is also on the Central Coast, saw the image and contacted him and said, hey, can you design some shirts for us? So now the Reptile Park, they've bloody pinched our uh, designer, but that's okay. <laughs> but if, you're, uh, if you have a business or you are also in a band and you want some design done, look no further than Tim Travers. So I said to him, mate, uh, what's the best way that they can contact you? He says he doesn't have a website, so it's it's quite exclusive, but uh, you can hit him up. Go on Instagram, 
Find Tim underscore Travers, graphic designer. You'll see all his artwork there, including the Ritzy Kids stuff. Uh, he does it all. He uh, makes images for council. He makes images to put on a stubby cooler or on T-shirts. Uh, he starts from scratch. Go check him out, Tim Travers. And don't forget, if you want to support the podcast that supports the artist, memberships are open. Go to the streetpresspodcast.com. You get exclusives. You get your name in the drawer each week. You get some merch discounts. And if you're in a band uh, on the members area, you can also check out the band marketing videos that I've made um, sort of help you along if you if you're stuck on sort of what to post on social media or you're stuck on how to do this or that or maybe email marketing uh, all that sort of stuff I've made a video on there it's only for members and there's also a drop down on there where you can see which artists might be coming up on the show soon. You can put in a question that you'd like to ask them in there as well. Hopefully you enjoyed today's episode, but we're going to be back next Wednesday with someone else from the industry on the Street Press Podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening all the way through to this point. Anyway, all right, catch you next week. Tana.